Isn't it nice? I remember thinking as I tried to yank an arrow out of a dead soldier's eye when things unexpectedly turn out just right. And then the arrow came away in my hand, but the eyeball was firmly stuck on the arrowhead. I glared at it. A standard hunting broadhead with barbs, which was why it had dragged the eye out of its socket. I could cut it away with a knife, but could I really be bothered for an arrow worth five tracky? Everything about this job, apart from the flies, the mosquitoes, the swamp, and the quite appalling smell, had been roses all the way. For a start, Count Fudebert had paid me rather than the other way around. In my business, I clear up after battles. You have to pay the providers, meaning the two opposing armies, for the privilege of burying their dead, in return for what you can strip off the bodies. Since we're a relatively small concern and the big boys, mostly the Asvigel brothers, outbid us for pretty well every job worth having, we tend to get contracts with wafer-thin margins, and our profits are generally more a state of mind, rather than anything you can write down on a balance sheet, let alone spend. But the Count had written to me offering me a flat rate fee for clearing up the mess he intended to make in the Learwald Forest, plus anything I found that I might possibly want to keep. That sort of deal doesn't come along every day, believe me. I could see where the Count was coming from. Five thousand or so of his tenants, living in a clearing in the vast expanse of the Learwald, had decided not to pay their rent, and had killed the men he'd sent to help them reconsider their decision. Accordingly, he had no choice but to march in there, slaughter everything that moved, and find or buy new tenants to replace the dead. The tenants didn't own anything worth having, so no reputable battlefield clearance contractor would want the job on the usual terms. Either the Count would have to do his own clean-up, or he'd have to hire someone. He wasn't exactly offering a fortune. But times were hard and we needed the work. Also, as my good friend and junior partner Gombrias pointed out, chances were that the Count's archers would probably do a fair amount of the slaughtering, which would mean arrows. Nothing but the best for Feudebert of Draha. So they'd be bound to be using good quality hard steel bodkins on ash shafts with goose fletchings. Again, not exactly a fortune, but worth picking up. And if what people were saying was true, about a big war brewing in the east... The price of high-class, once-used arrows could only go up. Also, he added, according to the Count's letter, there'd be dead civilians as well, and even peasant women tend to have some jewellery, even if it's just whittled bone on a bit of string. And shoes, he added cheerfully. Everybody wears shoes. At a golden six per barrelful, it all adds up. Gombrius had been right about one thing. There were plenty of arrows, but they turned out to be practically worthless, which was wonderful. Over here! Gombrius yelled. I found him! I chucked the arrow with the eyeball on it, 
and shoved my way through the briars to where Gombrius was standing, at the foot of a large beech tree. Its canopy overshadowed an area of about twenty square yards, forming a welcome clearing. Nailed to the trunk of the tree was a man's body. He'd been ripped open, his rib cage prized apart and his guts wound out round a stick. Piled at his feet were his clothes and armour, gorgeous clothes and luxury armour. Nothing but the best for Feudebert of Draha.